Hi, welcome to the Two Lads podcast from Daniel Sharman and Leggy Langdon's Two Lads. The Two Lads podcast is a place to come and listen to topics that you may not have heard men talk about so candidly and intimately before. It's no bullshit, it's straight to the point, it's raw and it's honest. In a world of ongoing turmoil and constant change, take a break for 30 minutes and just come listen to the two lads in a deeply vulnerable conversation that is ongoing. I mean, orgies, to be honest, they're not really worth the salt. They're you not know? as fun as, nah. as people make them out to be. They're a bit just, this would be better if it was just like me and her. Ultimately, I think that the deepest sexual experiences come when you do have spiritual and emotional connection. That's the goal. That's yeah. the hope. You're taking the trash out on Thursday and then you're supposed to be doing this tantric sexual experience on Friday. That's kind of scary. If you're going to pick something to shame, sex seems like a really spot on one because everybody's experience to getting there, like we've just discussed, is so confusing and so taboo. When I was a lad, I was just like jerking off all the time. You know, it's just like, this is like amazing. It's the crux of everything that we do in the world. That was my first version of being sexually excited by this activity that I knew was too grown up for me. Hi, I'm Christian Leggy Langdon. Hi everybody, my name is Daniel Sharman and this is the Two Lads Podcast. Today's episode is on sex. Daniel and I discuss our first sexual experiences, masturbation, and how shame infiltrated the sexual space for us. We also talk about how scary true intimacy can feel. Immediate gratification versus slowing things down in the name of deeper connection. We also touch on sex addiction and how we both differ in the way we hold sex in our lives. Stay tuned for what I'm sure you'll find is an extremely vulnerable conversation between two lads that is always ongoing. Let's get into the episode. Yes, mate. Yes, mate. Yes, mate. All right. So we're doing sex. We're doing sex. We're doing it. Okay, so I'm thinking that this might be sex part one. <laughs> but we'll see how we get on. Part one of 18. Yeah. I mean, it's ongoing. You know? It's a big subject. Yeah. To you, which part of sex are we thinking of this time? Maybe just let's talk about our own individual relationships to sex. Great. Like as an overview. Yeah. See where we get to. Great. You know what I'm saying? Let's talk about sex, baby. Word. Let's talk about you and me. I was going to do that and then I just didn't. Right. Well, so we're going to drop the ball there, legs. I know. I was like, well, that would have been. I was like, we could have cut I felt together. like I was playing tennis and you just threw the ball <laughs> over the net went, and I went, <laughs> I went, boink. So, sex. What's your relationship to sex, Daniel? I didn't start having sex until I was a bit older. I didn't think I had access to it. Really, I went to a boarding school where there were a lot of boys and yeah, I didn't have, well, older in terms of a lot of my mates had sex when they were like 14, yeah. 15. That was never, I was such a late developer, that was never going to happen. Really? I just, I, no one wanted to have sex with me. Really? Not at all. Were, lads like having little... se- were they having sex in the school? Like, yeah, like, yeah. Okay. Right. And my my... Who knows if they were actually being truthful. 
my thing was everyone's having it as a 16 year old it was the discussion and i remember being fascinated by it really yeah wow there was no way i was having sex when when you say there was no way was it because you couldn't get it or you didn't want it or you what was going on oh i wanted it oh you wanted it okay oh man yeah that's all i thought about <laughs> right right i would be on the bus yeah going to school and i couldn't get off at the stop because the bumps would cause me to like have an erection and really? I couldn't get off at the stop. Fuck. And I, w- I was obsessed. Yeah. To the point where it consumed. I go to the toilets and have a wank. Yeah. And I was obsessed. Really? What about you? Ah, I was casual, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you on back? your own there, mate. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I remember like masturbating when I was really young like mm. 12, mm. like before I could like ejaculate. Mm. It was actually the best time of my life. The best. Because you could jerk best, off. Best wanking ever. Yeah, because yeah, there's no cleanup. Yeah. And do you remember the first time that you did it? I kind of do. I don't know if it was the first time, but I remember it being in my mum's house in Leeds, in my bedroom. And I just was like, holy shit. What the hell was that? You know, because I'd had sexual experiences Younger, with my mate, that was a bit experimental. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if that's normal or not, but that's what, actually, I'll just leave it there. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to get your mate in trouble. (laughs) But, you know, so I did, I did, I definitely was sexual. I'll tell you this story. I was really into Queen when I was younger, and I used to get naked, right, inside, and I used to get inside this like guitar case, you know, acoustic guitars. They had not the hard case, but like the soft case, the zip up case. Some reason I used to remember (laughs) listening to watching Freddie Mercury Queen do I Want to Break Free, Mm -hmm. right? The video. And there was a scene in it. It's like a ballet scene where he's in like a skin suit, basically. And he's rolling across all these men that are not, they're, they're also in nude suits. So they look like they're naked, but they're not. And I remember that was like a massive sexual turn on for me. And I sometimes, I, I remember getting inside this guitar case naked, right? And watch this video and I would get in the case and then I would f- get really aroused. But I didn't, I was too young to know what it was. I just knew that something was going on. So when I got a bit older, I'd already felt that feeling a bit. And then when I got to like 12, 13, I started to masturbate and all that. And that was like a revelation. Was it scary for you the first time? I remember it being really scary. Really? I didn't know how to do it. Right. So I guess without going into too much detail, I was... Oh no, why not? I already have. (laughs) Doing it wrong in terms of not the standard model. And getting to a point where the feeling was so great yeah. that I thought it was wrong. I thought I, I, I was like, this isn't, there was something wrong about it. And I felt a really deep sense of shame. Really? Massive. I remember it was around, I was 12. Yeah. And there was a lava lamp. I'd gotten a lava lamp for Christmas. Yeah. And I was lying on a bunk bed. Yeah. And that being the first time that I'd touched myself in that way. Yeah. And getting to a point of going, this is too much. Really? And and it took me like a few days to just, I went to school going, oh God. Yeah. 
there's something wait so what's the how did you where's that shame from like the programming how did you associate that with shame i'd had an experience with my nanny Mm -hmm. where she had basically in a really fun way said oh you can touch my boobs Mm -hmm. and that as a kid as like an eight or nine year old yeah me and my brother would be like, okay, we'll play this game. Yeah. And you had to get across the room to touch. And I was like, mm, that might not have been right. Yeah. That right. might have been really confusing. Yeah. So that was my ver- first version of being sexually excited mm-hmm. by this activity that I knew was yeah. too grown up for me. Right. So then by the time I was 12 and I was wondering what this meant, I had a vague idea, but I was so clueless around sex that when it happened, I felt like this wasn't meant to be something I'm doing. Right. Isn't it weird that sex can so quickly be around shame? It's something that we all do, right? It's part of the human experience. And and it's so close to the shadows and the, the darkness and the shame. Mm-hmm. It's such a tragedy that, that we all get lost in that. Or oh, I don't know if all of us do, but I mean... Sex, sexuality, the shadow, all these things are all linked. It's weird to Mm. me, you know, because it's like breathing. I always say this about the Catholic Church or something, or like religion that has shamed sexuality. It's a genius move. Perfect. It's like, what should we shame? I don't know, Steve. Sex. Every time you think sexual thoughts, you're in sin. You know, it'd be like they could have just chosen breathing. You know what I mean? (laughs) I do think there's something about the feeling being so good, yeah, as in so complete, that feels very close to feeling like you shouldn't be that free. Right. And certainly that's what I, I felt like the feeling was too great for what I was supposed to be experiencing as a human being. Mm, really? So I, I think it's quite a good, if you're going to pick something to shame... Sex seems like a really spot on one because everybody's experience to getting there, mm-hmm. like we've just discussed, is so confusing and so yeah taboo. Right. Because essentially you go from being a, a boy yeah. or a girl and you have these experiences as a young person that are, you're trying to become an adult. Yeah. And this part of the journey is alone. You're on this solo journey. You can't talk to your parents about it. It's hard to even really talk to your mates about it. So you're having these just like monumental life-changing experiences on your own without too much information about it. Mm. So you're just kind of like discovering it yourself. And then the world around you has its own opinions on it all. Mm. And But yet you're still in the internal with it. So you're not actually having a dialogue about it. You're just like fuck, what am I going to do with this? You know, and then you, you just, when I, when I was a lad, I was just like jerking off all the time. Yeah. You know, it's just like, this is like amazing. Yeah, why is why is no one talking why, about this? Anyone else doing this, guys? Yeah, yeah. You know? I was aware, I don't know if you were aware, at 11, 10, 11, that there was this, all this innuendo, there was this talk around this thing that wasn't quite meant to be talked about Mm -hmm. and like you say then you go through this solitary experience especially if you are shy or whatever you go through this very shy experience around 
I'm feeling these feelings yeah. and I want to hide them. And, and then you come to it and there is an expression now, which is like sex positive, right? That you don't put any of it in the shame mm. because it's already the journey to it is so particular to your growing up mm-hmm. and all the emotions that are around it. So moving through from the masturbation period, what was yeah. your first experience like? I, because I was in such a hurry to do it, I ended up having sex with a girlfriend at 17, 18. Yeah. And she didn't know that I was a virgin. Okay. Because I just pretended you? I was 18. You were 18. And she was 19. I think she, I think she was 18 as well. 18 yeah. or 19. Right. But, so late, later on. So I, yeah. and I didn't feel, I didn't feel like comfortable telling her. I was right. so ashamed that it had taken me that long because right. I was such a little chubby late bloomer that I just was like, oh yeah, you know, I'm doing this. And so probably she thought, well, this is just another thing, another, another experience that he has had. But for me, it was kind of sitting there going, wow, that was the first time that I actually did yeah, this. Yeah, right. And she wasn't a virgin. Oh, no, she was. She wasn't she a wasn't. virgin. So you were having this first experience, yeah, but alone. Alone. Yeah. <laughs> Still alone. I know. The whole know. thing's been alone. <laughs> my thing is the lie is the lying around it because I'm just like, oh God, this feels so scary to admit that I'm a novice in this yeah. area. Was that the first ex- what was your first experience? <sighs> no, like? actually my first experience was very pure. It's actually the, one of the purest experiences I've had. It went downhill after that. <laughs> But my first experience was I was dating this girl and we dated for a year and we we like built up to it. And so we, we I was in like this, like I was in love with her. It's beautiful. She was my first love and we were 15, both of us. I actually, the day that I lost my virginity, the next day I went to New York for the first time and that changed my life though it was like all these life-changing moments happened and did you feel like you had changed you'd become oh yeah when i came back from new york i remember getting to leeds train station and i was like they've shrunk the train station i I couldn't i was like what's happened to the train station because it just felt so small (laughs) Mm. i'd been in new york and you know, I come back a man, basically, you mm. know, in a weird way. Or I felt like that for that brief moment. But yeah, it was actually really great. She actually broke up with me pretty quickly after that and broke my heart. But I got a few good songs out of it. But yeah, I was I was, I was, was in love and it was really fun, actually. Did your relationship to sex remain in that kind of very loving and respectful way? Initially... It did. I've always been in relationships. And even in my early days, when I was 16, which was a year after that, it normally comes after 15. Uh, <laughs> um, just checking. Yeah, that. yeah. Just in case anybody yeah, didn't nice. clock that bit. I was dating a 21-year-old. so And we were together for five years. But I very quickly started to cheat. And right. so I was kind of unconsciously acting out sexually with other women, but I was in love with this woman, this girl. Right. So, so what, now that you look back on that, yeah. what do you think was going on? I was 
not, I don't think I was, I was trying to be an adult Hmm. way too fast. You know, I wasn't happy at home and I wanted to be the master of my own destiny going to New York and like all these events had happened that made me go, Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready to come out of the oven right now. And I want to have a girlfriend. I'm going to and have sex. I'm going to be in a band. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be a rock star. All the, I want to be an adult immediately, you know? Oh, and, and so I think that in just as part of me trying to fake being an adult, I was just like doing what the fuck I wanted, you know, and not, I didn't have any awareness of the consequences at all. I actually didn't even, I didn't think that it was even affecting my relationship at the time. Cause I was like, I knew I loved her. This wasn't love. I was just like cheating on her. So you didn't think it was wrong? No. I knew that everybody else did. You just didn't feel that? I was just being 16. I was being 16 at the same time as trying to be an adult, you know? So it was like this, I've got a long-term relationship. I'm living as a man. And then underneath, I couldn't maintain it because I was still just total lad, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I it was it was insane, you know? What is it, do you think, because I, I feel like we're both talking about something quite similar, which is, that we want to get somewhere quicker than actually where we're at. Yeah. Is that, is that the impatience of youth and the impatience of thinking, oh, you're not going to be accepted, therefore this has to happen right now. So I'm going to get in a relationship and I'm going to be an adult right now. I look back on that and I think, as I'm sure many people do, why was I rushing that? Yeah, it's the adolescent mind you know it's the stage of human development is is you know the child the adolescent and then the adult you know i've read about this a little bit which is in that adolescent thing you're aware of the consequences of things and so when you don't do something you do it because of the rule not because it's right or true you do it because there's oh i might get in trouble i I won't do that because i'll get in trouble so an adolescent still wants that immediate gratification doesn't understand what choosing your sacrifices can do for you. Like that's what an adult is. It's basically choosing your pain, right? There is always going to be pain. Freedom means choosing what pain it's going to be (laughs) rather than someone telling you what the pain is. That's not when you're not free. I like that. I like that as a concept. Yeah, I I feel like I've never really heard it put like that. And sometimes... I'm still adolescent in regards to sex and that the gratification becomes very important very quickly. Yeah. And taking the time to basically say, no, this doesn't have to happen right now because this is not where we're actually meeting each other. Then looking at that, it's actually choosing your pain. Both are going to be painful. Yeah. In, the, in some way yeah pain's always happening in your life in different forms you know emotional pain i'm talking about dilemmas in your life and so when you choose what you're going to sacrifice you slow things down in order to gain bigger wins in the long run you say no in the short term and you sacrifice something that's generally how you grow and you get richer experiences in your life do you ever feel like you've had a problem with sex? I, I've not necessarily had a problem with needing sex or wanting sex. Like, it's more been around shutting pain down through other ways. I've certainly had a pain issue, you know, and wanting to shut the pain down, numb myself. Drugs and alcohol for me have been that more, more prominently. The sex was almost like a byproduct of me being numb, meaning that 
it did enable me to be in sex and be like free in the sex. The drugs helped me be promiscuous. You know, I never cheated on anybody when I was sober, just as a, as a point. It's like, I had to use a tool so that in order for me to be able to then break that boundary. So drinking drugs would always then lead to me cheating or being able to cheat. You know what I'm saying? So mate, I I don't know. It's weird because I I've never been like, I just want to fuck all the time and just different people and just sex, 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 sex. It's not been like that for me. Although having sex when I'm in relationship with someone in my sobriety, that's been, I've had problems with it for sure. I don't know if it's, it's not one thing that fuels that. I don't think there's, there's many, many factors that are going on when it's game time to what's making it be disconnected. Now I know what my part of that is, you know, for sure. What do you mean your part? So like why I found it hard to show up sexually in relationships that I had when I was sober. The first relationship I had after getting sober was a long-term relationship. And that was difficult for me to show up sexually because what I associated my high high sexuality with was with bad behavior. It was with the me when I was crazy times. And so when I got sober, for example, from drugs and alcohol, my promiscuality also went out with all that. It was like, that's all bad behavior. It's bad leggy. I'm not doing drugs anymore. I'm not drinking booze anymore. I'm not being promiscuous anymore. I'm going to be honorable man. I'm going to be a great partner and monogamous. You know, this is the first time I've ever been monogamous, right? In this relationship that I'm talking about, which was a massive deal for me. But my partner was always like, what What do you want? A medal? I'm like, I haven't even cheated on you or anything. And they're like, big fucking deal. And that was a revelation to me, you know, because I just was like, that's what I would do. When it, when the sh- when when the going got tough, I'd just go and get self gratification, immediate gratification. It, it doesn't sound. It's hard to answer that. Yeah, I, 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 it's funny because I, I've spoken to a lot of people with sexual addiction, or that 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 there is a, there's a big charge around yeah. sex. Yeah, I don't feel that for you. Yeah, I, I don't feel it in the way that it's not. It's a need for. I understand the need for gratification, but it doesn't seem like that the need is a sexual conquering or a sexual dominance or a sexual kind of, there's not, there's not a desperation in it No, from what you've described to me. Mm-mm. Not, not in that way. I, honestly, look, there's different kinds of sex. There's sex with someone that you're in love with, that you are able to kind of meet on a level and go into like a spiritual depth that's super free and very sexual and fun and awesome which is really rare right and then there's like disconnected sex that you're like just fucking and then i've been experimenting now with having conscious sex that's not in relationship and just like getting good with sex again like you talk about the shame thing in men's work we call it your terms mm-hmm. which is the things that you know you won't sacrifice yeah so your terms are i won't do this because i don't think it's right yeah or, you seem to have a relationship with sex that is on your terms as in it's within your terms 
and you don't sacrifice yourself to get that gratification in a particular sexual way. Not now, not now, not at all. I'm very, very clear about it now. In fact, sex, the actual intercourse part, is very rare if I get to it. There's a whole thing that happens before it, unless I'm doing the conscious, we're having sex and we're having sex only, right? Mm -hmm. But earlier in my life, I didn't have any terms. I just do whatever, you know. But the sex bit was just like the end of the night. I've had sex with dudes. It was just like, right now I'm in this animal instinct vibe where I'm just like, wanna, I don't want to go home alone. I can't get a girl. So I'm going to just get with a dude. Right. That, I mean, that's just the way I did it because right. I was high. Right. But did you have any guilt or shame around that? Yeah. You did? Afterwards. I mean, I had some crazy experiences in New York that were just like sex. It was like, it was sex. It wasn't... That eyes wide shut experiences. Yeah, but with like no masks. (laughs) (laughs) No masks, no tongues, no no cocaine. No clothes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know... Not even the high class. Yeah, I mean, I've had... I've had... Costumes. You know, threesomes, foursomes, all that shit. You know, I've, I've, I've definitely like just bathed in the extremities of what can we get away with here you know but all the catalyst for me was that i had to be on drugs not even drink like i have to be on drugs if i'm gonna be going like into the 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 shadows and into the depths of real crazy sex that's been my history you know i never just was like let's have an orgy in a hotel room at three in the afternoon totally sober (laughs) no i don't don't think (laughs) who does that who does that yeah (laughs) and man i was talking to this girl who does that Really? Yeah, yeah. She was like, why would I want to be high for this? Like, I want to be connected to it. Yeah. Like, I want to have an orgy, but I want to be present. I'm just like, in my mind, I'm like, fuck me. That's, <laughs> That's a lot of information yeah, to take in. Yeah. Like, I just, that, that still, it's not really, I mean, orgies, to be honest, they're not really worth the salt. They're you not know? as fun as, nah. as people make them out to be. They're a bit, they get a bit just, this would be better if it was just like me and her, you know? Yeah. Because ultimately, the connection is actually what you're looking for. Totally. Underneath the action is a deep sense of how can you get close to yeah. someone. And like I, I've had experiences that are the same where there's so many people involved that ultimately you're actually indulging in, in I think, the kind of top layer stuff. Yeah. Of Which feels a little bit like the first time you masturbate. Mm-hmm. Because it feels like... I'm not meant to be here. This is doing something yeah. wrong. And it's no connection to the rest of your body right. or what's going on. And so you're just. You can't tell what the which thing. is which. It'd be like diving into a pool of Skittles. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> because you just. And then just opening your mouth <laughs> and swimming. Oh. <laughs> you wouldn't. What flavors? That? It doesn't matter. There's strawberry. There's there's all the flavors happening all at once. It's not, it's not the same. That's a different thing. But you're. Honestly. But it's still how you hold it in the experience yeah. of the of an orgy. I mean, you can have sexual experiences that are about a lot of other things. Yeah, that's the point. They're all different versions of it. It's all different flavors of sex. And so as, as long as you're going consciously into something with a plan of some sort and your terms, like you've just said, then it's all good. You know, it's just if you're oblivious to it and you're kind of just doing it and you're not even feeling good and it makes you feel worse when you do it and then you still do it and all that kind of shit, then you know you might be in a bit of a situation. But I wouldn't say you should only be having sex when you're in a committed relationship. That's my current position on that. I think that you can 
have an enjoyable, connected experience with someone that's on the same page as you. You get it very clear before you go into it. And then you can have an experience. We were just talking about this before we recorded, but like when you're doing that with someone and you've had sex with them a few times, unless it goes any further, it tends to just be like, well, we've kind of done that now. And we've, like, are we we've, good? Are we've we done cool? the fantasy yeah. element of it, which is the connection. Yeah. Seen it, felt it. Yeah. That often leads to a feeling of abandonment on one side. If that you come to that space and the other person doesn't, and then at the, the wrong person, time. Yeah. yeah. Which are, is often the, is a really triggering thing yeah. because of how much, what people's journey are to get to a sexual place with somebody yeah. is very different. Yeah, it is. It's true. That That's why I'm saying I, uh, currently I feel this way because it I do move in my position. Ultimately, I think that the deepest sexual experiences come when you do have spiritual and emotional connection. That's the goal. That's yeah. the hope. There's fear around that as well because yeah. like you've been seen by someone that you are intimately connected to and they know all parts of you. Mm. Like you're taking the trash out on Thursday and then you're supposed to be doing this like tantric sexual experience on Friday. That's kind of scary. You know, it's endless. It's for, it, and it's the crux yeah. of everything that we do in the world. Yeah. yeah. We, everything that's been made is so that somebody could have sex with somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> we are making these objects yeah. so that if I make this, I can make a profit to make money so to, that I can have more sexual partners. So it can be more desirable. Yeah, exactly. Um, All right, cool. Well, that was great. And um, we'll continue it on the next episode. Tune in. Yes, mate. Yes, mate. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Two Lads podcast. This conversation is ongoing and it involves all of us together. So we'd love to hear from you. Let us know if there's a subject that you'd like us to talk about and let us know what you think about the conversation so far. The Two Lads podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts. So please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the latest episode. And give us a five-star review. Tell your friends about us. All that stuff really helps us a lot. We really appreciate it. Sending you all love. Until the next time. Yes, lad. Yes, lad.